A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's up, Rush Nation? It's Thursday. We're back in your ears. It's me and my big man. How you doing? All good. Been a good week. Really good week. Disappointed with the end of the trade deadline. I still feel sorry for Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we need to get him a little something, some balloons. Uh, I don't know. I I know. Ah, perfect present for him. You know you can get those solar-powered waving queens. In stick the that on your dashboard. Yeah, just stick that on your dashboard. So like, he's got, you know, he can come home and he can come home to the queen waving at him. Not his career. You say although he's com- that's a good metaphor. You say he's coming home. He's not at work. Yeah, but he's still got to go to the facility. Oh no, I'll be like, he's on scout team. He's got to go like train up the the twos or the the backups. I don't know, whatever, whatever you do on the scout team. I'll tell you what, Murph. Let's bring in today's guest to to give his view on benching Andy Dalton on his birthday because that was absolutely shambolic. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. There's our boy Joey Pease. Joe Pease of PR. Joe, welcome back to Five Girl Rush, man. How you doing? Uh, better than Andy Dalton, that's for sure. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you know what? I was I was kind of with you. We were talking about it before the show. Of like, wow, what a crappy thing to do. Like, hey, you lost your job on your birthday. But then I thought more about. It. I was like, you know what? He's older. He's in his thirties now. You know, he doesn't want to get the crappy out of him anymore for the rest of the season. He could kind of sit back, collect a paycheck. Next year, there's going to be lots of openings for quarterback jobs, and Andy Dalton's going to play for Tampa or play – who knows? Maybe he'll be a bear. I don't know. He's going to be somewhere, 
So why not just sit back and get a paycheck? Maybe this is a birthday present in a way. Yeah, I guess so. I get the kind of impression that Andy Dalton quite enjoys playing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do too. certain players, I think, like, oh, they're not that bothered. But like, nobody likes losing or getting the crap beat out of them every week. <laughs> like, it's mean, fair. If you've got the scale of ultimate consummate professional who just absolutely loves the game is going to struggle with retirement. And then on the other end, you've got the uh, POS that is Brent Grimes, who I'm not going to play well because I'm paid half the amount of the top cornerbacks in the league. So why should I cover ones when I'm being paid cover two money? <laughs> yeah. I think he sits more closer to the top end scale than, than the ball. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, let's see what the kid can do. Apparently there's a lot of people that have liked what he's done in practice um you know everyone always says that everyone always talking nice about you know the backup everybody loves the backup quarterback the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy in the room but uh you know we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens here it's certainly uh i mean there's nowhere for them to go but up that's for sure but i don't know if ryan finley's the answer to their problems probably not but look you're, you're giving them their you know the following the the week nine by you know and I don't know I mean it's it seems like if you're gonna turn the page you might as well do it and and see what's going on after that and see what you have in him especially you know what I think this is more of an evaluation of what do we have in this kid is this the guy going forward because if we are this bad and we have a shot at one of these big quarterbacks we have to know if that's where we're going so from an organizational stance I think it makes sense true let's fast forward a few weeks to week 16 two of all two the Bengals, the 0 and 15 Bengals, or the 0 and 14 Bengals, versus the 0 and 14 Dolphins, both vying out for the, the right to 2 0 or another QB that then impresses between now and uh, now and then. What, what happens in that game? Because <laughs> both, both teams are going to go for the number one pick and the cornerback, and neither of them are interested in Chase Young, as far as I'm aware. So. <laughs> How it's a must-lose game. I mean, it's a must-lose game. game. I don't know how you, I don't. I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't know what you say to the players. I mean, you want everybody to go out there and play. My guess is both of them will have one win by then, potentially. But you know, this is the game for Tua, and I, I don't know. I mean, if you're the Dolphins, I think you really need to. You really need to do everything you can to lose that game. You really do. You need to kind of get everybody excited about it because if you are you're tanking so hard that I think the fan base realizes. Whereas the Bengals, I think had. I don't know about expectations, but they have a new coach. They have a lot of things to look forward to. They did draft a young quarterback. You have Joe Mixon. You have some talent. I mean, you have Boyd. You got A.J. Green, theoretically, at some point. And I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's more important that the Dolphins lose than the Bengals lose. But, you know, hey, the consolation prize is probably Burrow, so it's not so bad anyway. Yeah. I just think that uh, after Monday Night Football where the Steelers squeaked a win against the Dolphins because the Dolphins got ahead and decided they couldn't have that. so schemed up some absolutely horrific plays, which I thought was the game to win. Because I thought, you've got the Steelers' first-round pick, so clearly you want them to go down. And then if you lose to the Bengals in Week 16, you'll still get the number one pick, and you've devalued the Steelers' pick. So I didn't quite get the tanking last night when they still control the destiny to the one pick, and they devalue another pick that they've got, or make it better, whichever way you kind of want to view that conversation. But it's so funny when you read messages and tweets from Dolphins fans. We've got a Dolphins fan who runs our website and everything is about the tank. Like, he is more excited about the tank than Patriots are about Super Bowl. Like, it's nuts. Some <laughs> of the messages we've got in this group message is, uh, we talked about uh, Akeem Tlaib, but he's like, um, 
he's like, I don't understand that trade. I said, yeah, but it's it's a coming with a fifth round pick and a twenty twenty, and you're going to probably trade a twenty twenty one six or seven for him. So he replied, is he hurt? And he goes, I love the move. Then he knows the system. We know it's not a long term move, and I didn't realize he was on IR. So at least this doesn't derail the tank. <laughs> no, it's not going. And look, I can understand that too because if you're the bottom rung in the NFL. You want to be the absolute bottom rung. You don't want to be – the worst thing you do is like what the Jets always do, which is end up winning like five games. That's the worst thing you can do. And watch, the Jets will do that this year too. They'll win five games and they'll be stuck. And, you know, it's just <laughs> – if you're going to suck, suck right. Be the worst. Oh, yeah. And go yeah. out there and get a game change. Because in football, I think where we're at right now in the NFL has been for some time is if you don't have that franchise quarterback, it is tough. I mean, it's basically the haves and have-nots. And to win a Super Bowl, you know, to make the playoffs is one thing, but to win a Super Bowl legitimately, you have to kind of look at it and go, okay, you know, who are the quarterbacks? And you look at the playoffs last year. It's Mahomes, it's Luck, it's Brady, it's Watson, it's Breeze, it's Goff. I mean, it's it's guys where you're like, okay, you know, like we know, we get it. And and if you don't have one of those guys to compete, you're probably on the outside. Like you're just – it's just a fact of life in the NFL. It's the way the, the, way the structure is and the way the quarterback is valued and protected in the rules. So you got to go for it. You got to get it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a bummer because, like, you were hoping at least one cool move to fantasy to talk about at the trade deadline, but we got nothing. So uh, all that happened was the Jets leaked all over the place and alienated, alienated their two best players. So way to go, Jets. Way to go. You did it again. Yeah, but if you look at the history of number one overall picks, it, it, it's not the best reading for a guarantee of success. I think that there's a, a huge disconnect between people just assuming that Tua is the absolute answer. I mean, we've got Kyler Murray in this year. And listen, Kyler's not been bad. I'm not, I'm not hating on Kyler. He's, he's improved Arizona. But is Kyler Murray ever going to win a Super Bowl? And I appreciate it's really early in that. But he doesn't strike me as the personality or person who is going to lead a franchise to, to a Super Bowl. And I, and I genuinely don't believe he does. You've got Baker Mayfield last year who... We've seen this year is is someone who is clearly struggling under the pressure of it all. You got Jared Goff, who right, who made a Super Bowl, but how much of that was him? And in the biggest game of all, didn't deliver. Jameis Winston. Well, we don't need to go any more into Jameis Winston. <laughs> no, I don't he want to do that to you. I know you had to watch it live. I know. Oh yeah, well I've had to watch it for for five years, Joe. Like I, I don't yeah. mind Jameis Winston. I'd sign him to a tag next year because you're not uh, going to get high enough in the draft to get a quarterback that you want. So. No, but I think Arians will – honestly, Arians will do like what he did with Carson Palmer. He'll get an Andy Dalton, and he'll make it work. And I'll tell you what, Andy Dalton will be really good there. <laughs> like, I think that's a spot. But, you know, for every Andrew Luck, you're going to have a Winston, and for every – you know, you'll – but, like, if you think about just relevancy, even Cam Newton, you're a playoff team every year. Matthew Stafford, obviously not so much. But, yeah, you've had some ups and downs there, but even Eli Manning, uh, it, it's, it's hit and miss for sure. But I think when you're looking at Tua, I think Tua is a guy that you feel pretty good about. You know, it's not like a question of, oh, man, can this guy play? I think everybody knows he can. I think everybody knows Burrow can play. So I feel like this year you're getting two guys at least that you feel pretty damn good about. And it's a better quarterback class than I think last year was. Last year was kind of, you know, Kyler Murray is at the top of it. And then, you know, lots of questions about Haskins and Daniel Jones and all that stuff. And we'll see how it works out in the long run. But I, I think this year they feel pretty good about you're going to tank, you're going to get to it, and you're going to be able to re- at least rebuild or build around him. That's fair. I have a quick question just while we're on quarterbacks then for next year's draft. I appreciate it's really early. What are your initial thoughts as your quarterback guy 
to Justin Herbert? Um, I think he'll be an NFL quarterback. Um, I think that if you, he, I think Herbert to me, from what I've seen is a guy that if he lands in the right spot, and that's the other thing too, is there's guys with a lot of talent, but then they land in the wrong spot. It's not a good scene. So I think for Herbert, he's a guy that kind of has to land in the right spot to really make it work. That's my take. Some people will disagree with it, but I think, I think there's a, the abilities there that you have to surround them with the right pieces in the right system. So that's, that's my take there. I mean, I just don't know. He is, for me, he's coming into the NFL about 10 years too late because he has got the, um, he's got the mobility of a Zambino. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? So did Tom Brady and he did all right. So I yeah, don't know. But Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Like, and I appreciate you can't really judge over what he's done, but it's a very different league now. If Tom Brady was coming in now, do we really think he'd be as successful a quarterback? I don't know. He's playing a league right now. He looks pretty successful to me. But even Brady has gotten better in terms of footwork and stuff like that over time. But your point's well taken. I, I You know, the, the regular old pocket passer certainly is a little bit, especially because everybody who's edge rushers now are so fast and they're so quick off the line. It's, it's very difficult. But that's why I said if you, if you surround them with a team with a very good offensive line, then I think it could work. And, and, and I think that, you know, you, there's still room in this league for the very good pocket passer. Not every quarterback is going to be Lamar Jackson going forward either because that's not a great long-term play. No. But I think you are going to get some of these guys. I mean, Jared Goff is not exactly, you know, <laughs> he's not exactly Lamar Jackson, but you surround him with a lot of weapons and, you know, a good offensive line and, and good things happen. But I think as long as you he lands in the right spot, he could be okay. But your point's definitely taken there. He's definitely a, a more of a throwback style-wise to what the game has become now. That's fair. What about, um, and this is a long way off, but and I only bring him up, Joe, because he's in my fantasy football college team. Justin Fields, how do you feel about him as a quarterback in today's game? Um, I think it's kind of the same deal. You know, You know, the funny thing to me is when I look at quarterbacks, I tend to – try to, you know, step back after everything. And I like to watch the game film stuff at, at the end. Like whenever I get ready for like draft stuff coming up in, you know, March and April, whenever I look at guys, it's, it's, I like to watch in-game stuff. I don't care about the combine. I don't care any of that. Um, but I will say that I think what you want to always pay attention to is how do they perform in the games? That's what really matters. You know, all the combine stuff gets very overrated and, I'll go back to a couple of years ago uh, that, you know, I remember when I that great running back class that had Dalvin cook and, and Chris McCaffrey and all these guys, a guy that really popped to me was Dalvin cook. Like I, every time I watched, I was like, Oh, oh my God, this guy, this guy's the guy I want. And I drafted him everywhere and then he got hurt. And then last year I drafted him everywhere again and he got hurt. And then this year I was like, no, I can't keep doing this to myself. And he's been brilliant. So my best advice is to, you know, always go back and look at the game film on these guys when you're evaluating. Don't worry, get lost in combine stuff. And I feel like fields, I wonder, do you think he's going to be one of those guys that like has a good combine, you know, eventually, you know, and then all of a sudden people overrate him on that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, because of the athleticism. I think that's, that's the thing you look at, you go, okay, you know, athlete, but quarterback, you know, I don't know. There's like a lot of intangible things. And you know, it goes for every position too. I, I care about what a guy does in-game footage more than I care about combine stuff. And I worry about that. But oh, look, you know what? You can't argue with the results so far. The results have been really good. So, I mean, Ohio State certainly played well this year. So that's a big positive. So um, what are your thoughts on him? I'm curious. What do you, what's your take, Chris? Um, so I can purely base my my take on him from what I've seen on my fantasy team because I'm 
this is my first year of watching any college ball whatsoever. So it's taken me a long time just to get into it because of the amount of teams and stuff. But from what I've seen him do numbers-wise on the fantasy thing, I think he seems to be very consistent. And I don't know whether that's an Ohio State thing or a skill thing from his on his behalf. But I think from what I've seen numbers-wise, he looks very consistent. And obviously he's not going to come out this year because I think this is his first year after Dwayne Haskins played last year. So, yeah. I mean, if the numbers translate, then he could be really good but it's it's a bit too early to tell but I just because he's one of the only names I know I thought I'd ask you who you're a little bit more into it than I am <laughs> yeah well to be honest with you like this year I've gotten more into college and I used to love college football in my younger days and then my work schedule for the last decade I worked every Saturday so I never got to see any of it so I was kind of out which is why I had to go back and always just watch footage and footage and footage and get prepared for NFL season stuff and this year I've gotten to watch a bit more. I haven't gotten to watch a full Ohio State game, unfortunately, but um, I've gotten to watch a ton of SEC stuff and a ton of other, you know, like Penn State games and things like that. And it's it's been a really fun year for college football, that's for sure. And I think that game coming up next week with uh, Alabama and LSU is going to be really fun. I mean, that's like a playoff game right there in the regular season. So I think that's going to that's going to get some enormous ratings. I think for a regular that's season college football not game, not a big game. Jacksonville, what are you talking about, Joe? (laughs) It's the world's oldest cocktail party. There is only one game in college football this weekend. It's Florida, it's Georgia. Uh, I guess, I guess. If you know, I I have to deal with that with Craig Mish because he went to Florida, so we have to. We've had a lot of we have some big ups and big downs uh, last couple weeks there. But the defense of Florida, there's no joke, man. They can they can really play. There's no doubt about that. I I think the team's sneaky good, considering that. at least, at least, at least they finally resolved the quarterback position. Admittedly, not by design. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Felipe Franks is uh, unfortunately ended the season. But um, they got a star receiver coming back as well. The Gators, haven't they? Yeah, There's, they've they've had some injuries and they, they've still been rebounding. Unfortunately, losing to LSU, but it was well, it wasn't close in the end. But um, that'll be an interesting game because Georgia have underperformed this year, so it'd be interesting to see if Georgia can. I mean, one of these teams is going to be knocked out by a contention on Sunday or on Saturday. So, um, there's been some breaking news, Joe. Are you an arena football league kind of guy? Uh, I am not. Okay. Well, this isn't going to bother you too much. They, I like the they feel. Have, I'll watch it, but I, I can't say I'm a fan. You know, but uh, I appreciate it. You won't be watching it anymore because it's folded. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. What the Albany Empire and the Atlantic City Black Jackets will not be playing anymore. That's that's a shame. Well, I guess everybody ends up in the XFL. I guess that's where it all ends up at the end. Uh, yeah, I guess that, that's the route it's going to go. Except Antonio Brown. <laughs> well, or give it time. People. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. Oh man. So come on then, Joe. Let's talk some 2019 fantasy. How's your season going so far? Uh, it's going pretty well, actually. I'm. Uh, I as you know, I'm in all the listener leagues that I set up because I uh, I'm a man of my word. And I do love the Superflex, so uh, that's gone really well. Uh, one of my big cash leagues, uh, which is a Roto Football League, is a complete and utter disaster. It's a two-quarterback start league, Roto Football, IDP, so you're winning categories and stuff. And my quarterbacks were Luck and Roethlisberger, so that completely tanked. But the saving grace is my flex team is not undefeated anymore, but 7-1 now after another another good week. I beat Mike Randall this week, my podcast partner for the uh, – Line Star Wagering Show, so uh, I get to taunt him about that on Friday, which will be fun. But that's the only league that really matters because that has a belt, 
and you guys know I'm a big wrestling fan, so I just want the belt. That's all I care about. Everyone can have their cash prizes. Give me the belt, and I'm a happy boy. I want to be the champ. So, Joe, why don't you tell Rush Nation what the Flex League is for those that don't know? Well, the Flex League is an expert league Jake Seeley set up, and I'm in the Super Flex Flex League. So it's, you know, it's uh, one of these quote-unquote expert leagues where, you know, a bunch of analysts in there. It's got some great people in that one. Elliot Chris from TQE, Seeley from The Athletic, myself, uh, Tim Heaney's in it. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, who else is in that league. Jen Ryan from Football Diehards, who's terrific. She's got a great team. Her team, I fear. I fear her team. I do not want to play her in the playoffs. I'm hoping she uh, ends up on the outside. Adam Ronis is in that league. Frank Stamfel. So some great people in that league who really know what they're doing. Matt Modica is in there too. I, uh, look, you know, last year I had Le'Veon Bell in that league. So it was a rough, rough season for me, obviously. So this is the comeback season. So hopefully Mahomes plays this week and we're back on track. But nobody cares about my fantasy team. I care about other people's. That's my job. <laughs> I don't think Mahomes is back this week. I think they're talking next week, aren't they? He's going to be back. Well, I'm, I'm, be, I'm trying to push them. I'm, I'm trying to send them subliminal messages. Let's get him out there. Let's come on, boys. Especially now I lost Andy Dalton. He was one of my two. Now it's like Ryan Tannehill is the man standing alone right now, and I don't know if that's going to fly. You can get Matt Moore. Oh, great. No, I don't think I can. I think someone picked him up last week. Oh, really? <laughs> that's, that's what kind of league this is. <laughs> it is brutal, man. It's brutal. In the Scott Fishbowl, we had to use all of our fab to get Matt Moore because we had uh, Lamar Jackson on by. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Lamar Jackson, that must have been pretty good for you, I'm sure. Oh, it's it's worked out. We've had some injuries in that league. We've just lost carry on. And Will Dis- we picked up Will Disley in the 18th round. And we were singing our praises with it. Like, we had Dwayne McFarland on because he's in our division. And he was like, man, you guys, you guys killed it picking up. Will Disley in the 18th round, Demarcus Robinson in the 21st round. And we're like, yeah, it's great. Two days later, Will Disley's done for the season. And you're like, ah, cheers, thanks for that. Yep. Good times. <laughs> you got to love when that happens, right? Oh, yeah, brilliant. But we're, we're okay. We're, we're holding our own, Murph. Uh, we're 57th overall. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm way down, I'm sure. My team has not been good. So We have a terrible record, but we're 57th overall. We're 4 well, That's all you got to be. Last year, I was very good. Last year, I was a playoff team. Um, I had James Conner that I took real late. I remember that worked out for me, obviously. So, so there you go. So there's the yin and the yang, and that's what you got to do sometimes. You got to like cover your bases. You're like, well, I got Le'Veon Bell in this league, so maybe I should take Conner in the other one <laughs> just to kind of hedge my bets. And yeah. you know, hopefully you're right about something. And Conner was good. That kind of saved. I had him and Melvin Gordon, and then Melvin Gordon got hurt in the playoffs last year, and that kind of crushed me in uh, in Scott Fish. But I was I was pretty high up there, so I think it was in the teens at one point. So it was it was a good run. But alas, what am I going to do? Yeah, man. So, have you got any common themes between your teams that are doing well, Joe? Anything you've noticed that you've got on the teams that are doing well? Oh, yes. A ton of Patriots defense. Oh, oh, it's been so good. So good, especially as a Patriots fan. They basically rub it in everyone's face. But it's hilarious to me that they were so low down in so many rankings. I think Fantasy Pros had them like, I don't know, like 11 or 12 or something going into the year. And I didn't get that because... I watched the end of the season and how they played, and then I watched the playoffs very closely. And I remember them shutting out Patrick Mahomes for a whole first half, and that was incredible to watch. And Belichick, since he stepped back in, was kind of running the defense again. You could see when he stepped in and started doing that, how it changed, and what they're doing right now is not surprising. It's surprising how good they've been in terms of like tur- turnovers and turning them into scores. They've always been a good turnover defense. But the fact that they've been turning them over into scores so much has been unbelievable. Their differential right now is plus 189. Just just soak that in for a second. Like, that is just 
nuts. And then the 49ers D has just been, you know, has been out, outstanding too. But the Patriots defense, I got a ton of shares of. Uh, that's worked out well. Uh, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, ton of shares. Of, they pretty much that's what my teams look like. Some combination of those guys. Had a lot of Cortland Sutton. That's worked out. But now Flacco's out, so God knows how that's going to go. A um, lot of Patrick Mahomes in my super flex. I'm the guy who will go and reach early for him or Watson. Uh, but some things that have gone wrong because I am certainly human. Uh, a lot of David Montgomery. That hasn't worked out. And I'm mad because I benched him this week. And, of course, this is the one week where he does something. So I'm just like everybody else. I get frustrated. I lose patience. And sometimes you just got to, you know, leave it alone. But, you know, sometimes you can't because – the lack of commitment to the run has been infuriating this year, and finally they did it, and they still didn't win. But uh, hopefully that'll change in Montgomery and Singletary and those guys will have big second halves. But uh, we shall see. No, I mean, you only had to look at the Super Bowl for the Patriots' defense, didn't you? I mean, they turned one of the highest-scoring offenses into putty, basically. Yeah, how about you guys? Who was, like, the one guy you got everywhere that you're, like, you, you planted the flag on, you're right. Me, me it was definitely Cup and Godwin. Those were my two that I was – basically carried me. I kind of, I punted, not punted, but I didn't go heavy wider, uh, heavy wide receiver early. I tend to think those guys is like number one A's and that's all worked out. How about you guys? What's really worked out for you? I've got a lot of Cooper cup all over the place. That's gone well. And then I've also got a lot of Devonta Freeman and that's not gone so well. You know what? I've got a lot of him too. And it's not gone great, but in PPR, it's been okay. Like he, he's still a decent PPR running back because he keeps catching eight balls. <laughs> like it's, just, yeah. it's kind of madness when you think about it. I've also got a lot of Todd Gurley because I was taking that shot on Gurley because I thought the upside was number one overall player. So I'll take the heat on that. And he's still scoring touchdowns, but I'm, I'm out of the Todd Gurley business next year. I don't like what I've seen. It's been very depressing. Even last week on the DFS show, we were talking about on the TV show, and we said, you know, Mike Blewett asked me, he's like, what do you think of Gurley this week? And I said, I don't care how good the matchup is, I'm out. I'm just out. It just It's not enough volume there. And they sat the whole fourth quarter. So I don't know if this has been the whole plan, and they're going to unleash Todd Gurley in the second half of the season, but I'm not buying that either. So Did, did he set just the fourth, or did he sit from half time? It's hard to tell, isn't it? Because I, I was there on Sunday, and I no, you, you would know better than I. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he didn't play. You, you can check this muff or, or somebody, but I'm pretty sure he didn't play much of the second half, if at all. I think it was all Darrell Henderson. I will get into it and look. I'd say the players that I've hammered. Um, Marvin Jones is a big one. Marvin Jones has paid off reasonably well. Um, Julian Edelman, Austin Hooper, fair players. Uh, yeah, Hooper's been terrific. The tight end, Austin Hooper was one. It was re- I didn't really target a lot of the top guys, so I faded pretty much everywhere. Kelsey, um, I think we took him in one league. Um, but we, we one, traded back up. In- we traded back up to get Kelsey after making our first two picks. I think it cost us a lot to do it, um, so it kind of worked out. Um, we we took Ertz nowhere. We literally faded Ertz. We just weren't sure that he was going to do anything. Um, so we, in a lot of leagues, binned tight end altogether and went late round tight end and then picked up Darren Waller right before the season started. Yeah, well done on that one. Let me tell you something. It's, it's funny because tight end hasn't worked out for anybody. Like if you if you took tight end early, it hasn't worked out for you. Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, none of that really worked out and returned value where it should be. And then if you went in the middle, it didn't really work out because OJ Howard was a complete and utter disaster. 
And Evan Ingram hasn't been great either because Daniel Jones just doesn't seem to like look for him the way you know Eli Manning did previous years. And then basically, if you waited and you played, you know, you got Mark Andrews, you picked off Waller off the waiver wire, Disley for that little run. Uh, that's kind of been the way it's worked. I mean, Austin Hooper is probably the only other guy, but man, tight end has been absolutely wacky this year, which is not surprising. But you know, it's it's unfortunate that you haven't gotten the big Kelsey season or the big Kittle season that you quite anticipated. They've been okay but not quite, I think, where they deserved an ADP. Yeah, I, we had this big debate last year or early this year, and I just wasn't keen on taking a taking a tight end. I just didn't think it was going to give you the value in return that you were going to get with a running back or wide receiver there. So, you know, taking people like Derek Henry, which a lot of people faded to getting him at the top of the fourth, has worked out reasonably well. Um, he's not been like an absolute stellar pick, but compared to who you could be getting at that stage, I felt like that was the that was like the peak, really, in that round. Because you look at Mixon, Bell haven't been good. Damian Williams not been great. Aaron Jones has been good. Dalvin Cook was good in the second round. But that sort of, uh, you know, you were getting, well, Marlon Mack has been good. Um, Bell's been... Kerry Johnson's out now. So, again, not really by fault, but that's kind of what happened. So, you know, Derek Henry's kind of worked out because at least he's doing the one thing. He's, he's having the most unlikely uh, Derek Henry season in which he's been consistent. He's been <laughs> consistent, which is funny, but he hasn't had that big game yet. And it's going to come eventually. It's going to happen. But, yeah, but know, he's uh, just been good. He's been a very high floor player, which is honestly what my expectation was for him. And I'm happy to to see that you know, see that come to fruition for him. And it's, it's funny because Tannehill's got two wins in a row now. And I wonder, you know, if he just keeps rolling with it here, that this is going to be another nine and seven year for, I think for the Titans where they might even backdoor their way in. Cause the AFC is so bizarre right now. Yeah. It's very bizarre. I've looked into the top Gurley thing, by the way. So he scored five minutes into the third quarter. Uh, and after that, he only played, I think it's five snaps. Mm. That would yeah, make it almost invisible. Wouldn't it really five yeah. snaps over the rest of the game? Oh, well, I'm annoyed that I didn't see those five snaps, you know. I was convinced I hadn't seen him once. That's all right. You were probably, you know, you were probably, you were probably in the bathroom or something. <laughs> Getting a beer. I, I was buying the way overpriced beer is what I was doing, Joe. <laughs> no, he he sure had zero is. carries after the, after the touchdown. That's fair. Okay. He was just on the field. Nice. So, Joe, have you got any advice for fantasy players out there that are two and six, three and five, even four and four? and how they can turn their season around, because it isn't quite over. No, it's not. I mean, it's not quite over, but look, you have to be realistic. I think you look on your team, and you you see what you believed in that didn't work, and you and you have to make hard choices about things. And you play, if you haven't been playing the waiver wire really hard, or, you know, I think you also look at where you are in terms of points. And if your team really is just like the, you know, last in points or something, then you really have, have done a bad job, and it might not be salvageable. But if your team is just, have bad luck you're running up and you're like in the middle of points but your record doesn't show that i would stay the course stay the course with the players you believe in and then take shots on players on other teams that are underperforming and hope for big second halves i think a guy like montgomery a guy like singletary those guys that haven't quite popped yet that have the talent take a shot you know what do you have to lose at this point you have everything to gain um you take a shot on somebody who's annoyed that they're still waiting for Devontae adams or aj green to come back and you see if maybe you get those guys back and they do something but i think you have to be realistic, and if as long as your team is actually scoring decent point totals every week, 
that's that's the difficult thing, and that's why I actually in in baseball, my home league is an all play format where everybody plays everybody every week. So if you have a good week and you just so happen to run up against the guy with the best week, it doesn't really penalize you that much. You're still you know coming away with something to show for it. And I'd like to see more football leagues move to that format because I think it would keep a lot more people interested and a lot more people excited for their good weeks they have instead of bummed out that they lost by a point to somebody else when they were the second highest point getter in the week or the third that's not really how it should shake out it's not necessarily fair and I know life's not fair but I think it would be a a better system and I think it uh it would really reward the best teams when all said and done yeah I'm in a league one of our home one of my home leagues with my brother-in-law he had somebody drop out on the day of the draft and couldn't find somebody to fill the spot so it, it turned to an odd number of teams in the league so we put the league median game in as well so everybody played everybody and if you were on bar you still played the league median so it it meant that if you did get smashed or you were on bar you still had a game that week and you didn't have to just do nothing fancy football Mm -hmm. it's quite a good format yeah i'm all for that like i think that's i think that's the way to go i think you know i think the more you do that the more you start to reward the best teams and i think that's what you should do i mean everyone loves this hobby this pastime whatever you want to call it but we would love it more if it really you know rewarded the best teams and and that's what you want to do reward the the hard work you put in not just leave everything to luck because luck is frustrating sometimes especially andrew luck but other than that (laughs) it's it's a spot where i think people need to be more open to super flex they need to be more open to you know if it's just a 10 team league do two quarterbacks change things up make things more exciting but I think the best advice I can give people if, you know, if your record is not reflective of your point total is to be aggressive on other assets that have underperformed, like Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's schedule, and it's funny, I said this weeks and weeks ago, and then I see, you know, one of the guys in the footballers tweeted it out there and, you know, got like, I don't know, 50,000, you know, retweets on it. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but you should go out there and, like, that's the guy we look at the schedule. It's so good. Look at the Browns. Right now, collectively, I'd be buying Browns. I know that sounds crazy, but they have two games against the Bengals. They have two games against, I think, the Steelers. They have um, a couple other winnable games. I think they play the Dolphins, too. So the Browns are going to get better. Go out and trade for Odell Beckham. Go out and trade for Jarvis Landry or Baker Mayfield. And and I'm telling you, I know it's been bad, but they have the exact same record, basically, they had last year at this time. And everybody knows what the second half was. So they might also be one of these teams that has a good second half. And I think you have to keep that in mind as well. Yeah, I agree with that. This was a shout out. Um, one of the guys in our list of the league, Martin, he, uh, uh, lucky fantasy guy, calls himself. He didn't have any luck this week. He, uh, he was in the list of the league. He scored over 200 points uh, and he ran into us. We were the top scorers in the week. He was the second or third top scorer. It was pretty close between second and third. Um, but he absolutely would have smashed everybody else. Yeah. And uh, poor guy tweeted us and he was just like, man, what do I have to do? <laughs> like, I have the best week I've had all season. And uh, at least to you guys. It's like, sorry, man. Um, Never say sorry for beating someone in fantasy football. Nah, but he's a nice guy. So I feel, I feel bad. Like at the end of the day. I'd right. Feel- but you wouldn't feel bad if you were first and he was second that week and everybody ended up with a pretty good, uh, you know, a good record when you stepped away from it. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing. I think. We've, yeah. We've- and I, that, that's my argument for the all play format. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little dissertation in the black book next year for it. Well, see if I can get some people to push a, push the envelope on it. Yeah, well, we, we, we'll join you. We're on board. There you go. So let's, let's, let's go and talk about getting some records right. So let's look at week nine. Uh, week nine's coming. Some more teams on by. Some good teams on by this week. 
So in terms of uh, starts this week, who are some players that you can recommend fantasy players to either pick up off the waiver wire and start or players they might not have been starting over the last few weeks that they should really consider this week that probably are more than your usual start, Le'Veon Bell? Oh, on the waiver wire, I would strongly consider Daryl Henderson. Um, I would take a long look. At, I've been the number one Damian Williams hater. You guys know this all off season and, all, and during the year. I certainly looked right. But after McCoy got benched, I wonder if you kind of might want to, you know, consider dipping your toe back in that well. Uh, Darius Geis is an interesting ad right now looking ahead. So is Kareem Hunt. That's another thing. Too. Like, I, the, like Kareem Hunt and Darius Geis probably don't even show up when you sort things in leagues because they haven't played. So it's not like they have a projectability for next week or anything like that. Those are guys I'd be looking to add. Darius Slayton's a guy I'd be looking to add. Deshaun Jackson this week would be a good add. And then in terms of starts, uh, looking ahead at the schedule for this week, yeah, you're, you're missing a fair amount of guys. You're missing, um, obviously, Saints, you know, enormous. Rams, enormous there. Falcons, even though they've been a bad team, a lot of fantasy assets. So it's definitely a tough week from that standpoint. I would not start Kenyon Drake against the 49ers. I know a lot of people want to, like, well, yay, he's on a new team. And then, no, not this week. No, yay. Not excited at all. Um, I would run Montgomery out there against the Eagles, despite how tough that Eagles front has been. I think you have to after what you saw last week and see what happens. Um, Jalen Samuels maybe is a sneaky play, depending on you know what's going on there with the running back situation, because I think as long as Samuels is healthy, he still has a role in that offense, regardless of whatever Connor's health is or isn't. Um, and then kind of looking forward, this is when the Jets' schedule starts to get better. This is that game against the Dolphins. So maybe going out and making a trade for Robbie Anderson or Jameson Crowder or Lev Bell is a, is a good move right now. I think that's a team that I would be buying on because it's rock bottom. It can't get much worse, but the schedule does get better in terms of fantasy. I don't know how many wins they're going to have. Um, I also would take a shot and look at guys like Mike Williams, guys like DK Metcalf, who haven't really performed but are getting a ton of red zone targets. And usually, as long as those stay consistent, you're going to see good things happen fantasy point-wise. That tends to correct itself over time. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the hot take there on the guys to add and week nine players to uh, have an eye on. Definitely. So, um, Jalen Samuels is a go this week. Um, the coaching staff said he could have gone last night, but they made it off. But it was the I Dolphins, think. so why would we bother? Yeah, that's basically what they said. Um, and since Connor has an AC joint issue, it – looks more and more unlikely like he's going to play this week so we'll get more info in the next day or so but um and i'm with you on the dk metcalf trade we talked about this on our tuesday show that um dk metcalf for me is a a must start this week against the buccaneers who are terrible against the pass um i can see him having a double touchdown week easily yeah i i definitely can look you always want to go against that bucks defense the run defense very good past events not so much obviously but um yeah, look, there's going to be a lot of opportunities in this one, too. And, you know, from a DFS standpoint, too, I haven't quite peeled into pricing and stuff like that. That's usually what I do later in the week. But, uh, you know, keep going back to those Lions, too. I'll tell you, Matthew Stafford's having a great season. And um, just keep pounding the table there because with the Ty Johnson injury and the fact that they didn't add – I mean, the uh, carry-on Johnson injury and the lack of commitment to Ty Johnson or Trey Carson, whoever is going to be there or temporarily – it just seems like it's just more Matthew Stafford, and that's bad news for the Raiders, good news for Stafford and the passing game. 100%. And what about some sits, Joe? Have you got anyone you definitely do not want to suit up this week? Uh, I would be very careful of the Ravens. I'm not saying you, you got to sit Lamar Jackson. But I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of tough. It's because I'm sitting Kyler Murray. 
against the 49ers. You know the 49ers since the bye have given up 11 points total to uh, fantasy quarterbacks? I don't mean 11 average, 11 total. That's a mind-numbing number. So They're averaging 8.1 points is what they're holding quarterbacks to all season. Yeah, it's great. Crazy. It's absolutely nuts. And so Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are in single quarterback leagues. I know it's a tough bye week because you got Matt Ryan out, Drew Brees out, and all these guys, but you just might want to consider it. And you might want to consider, you know, sitting Mark Ingram too because I think that's the other piece the, the Patriots will try to take away. They're going to make Lamar Jackson beat him in the pocket, and that means that, you know, that's taking away the running game. So that's something to consider there. Um in terms of other big sits, not a lot like really jumps out to me um, with that, but I'm definitely worried about the Texans defense. So I would be cautiously optimistic about Minshew this week and shark and all those guys, because I feel like, you know, without Watt and they lost a couple of pieces on the secondary, I know they've come off a couple of wins here and they look really good in terms of the W's, but I think some of these injuries are going to catch up with them. And I think in Jacksonville, they might. So I would be also very bullish on the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Sounds like you were listening in on our podcast uh, from uh, y- yesterday. That we- well, I can't help it if you guys are super smart. I mean, you know. What <laughs> I put Sony Michelle in there. I just worry that Sony Michelle with what Baltimore are doing against the run and the sharing of the workload. I don't have a lot of confidence in Sony Michelle this week, but the rest of the list is pretty much what we we cooked up. So <laughs> it was music to my ears hearing it from you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> well, look. Uh, you know, I, the AFC is a mess right now. It just is. And I still say the NFC, the best team right now is the Saints. I, I know the 49ers are playing awesome, but I still think this, I, I can't wait for that Saints 49ers game. That's going to be huge. I cannot wait for that. Circle that on your calendar. I forget what week it is. It's coming up in a couple of weeks, but that's the one, man. That's where we're going to really find out just how good the 49ers really are when they have to play Drew Brees. And I want to say that game's in New Orleans too. So get ready, get your popcorn, because that's going to be a hell of a ride. Yeah, it is. It's going to be great. So, Joe, do you have one quick buy, low, sell, high that we you can provide Rush Nation with? Yeah, um, I'll give you a couple. Um, I, I'll just give you teams, too. Um, you want to buy on all the Browns, like I said. Buy on the Jets. So, that means Odell. That means Landry, Baker, Anderson, Crowder, Bell, all those guys. Um, I would buy on Tyrell Williams if you could. Uh, because I think that now he's healthy and back, that you're going to see a fair amount of him. He's going to be a good floor player. Uh, I would buy on Mike Williams because of the, uh, again, the red zone looks. I would sell on Evan Ingram right now because it doesn't look like him and Daniel Jones seem to be a thing. I would sell on Tyler Boyd. I would sell on A.J. Green. I would sell a lot of Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> with the young kid. I don't know what he's going to be, so it's better to get out of it. And with the Broncos' uh, injury to Joe Flacco, as good as Cortland Sutton's been, I'm now concerned there. So that would be a sell sell John Brown off the cumulative numbers for the season, sell Larry Fitzgerald because the trend's going in the wrong direction there too. So those would be some guys that I would highlight there. Yeah, I agree. Fun, fun stat on the Tyrell Williams is that he has caught a touchdown every game he's played in the season. Wow. That's, I, did, I didn't realize that. <laughs> you know, that I'm, adding, I'm stealing that for tomorrow's radio show. I'm yeah. literally going to steal that. So I'll give you credit though. <laughs> and I will plug five-yard rush as well. Love that. Five, yeah, five games, five, five touchdowns, one in every game. Wow, crazy. And that's what I mean. Like, he's a good floor player, and they don't have a lot of competition. It's him and it's Waller, and especially with Jacobs not being 100%, you got to imagine Williams is going to get a fair amount of action. No, I agree. So in terms of Lev Bell, Joe, what do you think you can go and buy him for, obviously? Because 
people still value him as Lev Bell. What's the sort of buy low on him? What what can you put a value on him as? Like, because it's I think it's difficult to go out and buy him low. I don't think it's that. I don't think so now, especially after the whole like he's going to get traded and then he doesn't. This might have been the perfect storm for you to to go and do it because chances are too the Lev Bell owner is what like you know a sub five hundred record. Like, what are the chances you own Le'Veon Bell and you're above five hundred? Probably not great unless you had a tremendous draft and you really picked up some really good players. But I kind of looking at it, it's it might be a thing where maybe you trade off a better player and you take Le'Veon Bell plus. That could work as well. I'm trying to think of straight ups. Like honestly, like I would consider Alvin Kamara. I know that sounds crazy, but I bet you can get Bell and something for Alvin Kamara right now. And because the Alvin Kamara owner is probably also a little antsy about him and how good Latavius Murray's played. And Alvin Kamara is still a big name. Um, other pieces, too, that have kind of underperformed. See, I'm thinking you got to probably give a running back piece back, which is the tough part of that deal. But I'll tell you, I, I think there's a way to get it done. I think if you are clever enough and you put the right pieces together that have overperformed, I think maybe Marlon Mack plus another small piece gets it done. Um, I don't know if you want to move on with the floor of Derrick Henry, but I think Derrick Henry would do it. If you want to take in a full point PPR, that upside, I think you can do that. It's difficult because like every year, there's always this attrition at the running back position. But um, I, I think there's, I think you'd be surprised. I think his value is much lower. Now, maybe that's also because I live in the Northeast and I'm, I'm living, you know, in New Jersey and you know, everybody's sour. If you're a Jets or Giants fan, you're pretty sour right now. So maybe I'm getting to see a lot more of that than the general, you know, the rest of the country. But you got to look at Le'Veon Bell and go, hey, this has not been a good year. Maybe it's just time to get out from under it and kind of save my season. And I think, I think you'd be surprised how you could turn that over. Yeah, okay. I will try and buy Lev Bell. I've been trying for a little while. In a- I've been trying too. But every time he has another bad game, every time Sam Darnold sees spooky ghosts, all of a sudden, <laughs> Poor kid, man. It gets easier, easier. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because I tried to buy Lev Bell off you this morning and you weren't having any of that. Yeah, that was a pretty poor offer. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I'm not going to sell Lev, buy, Lev Bell, am I? If people are saying go buy him. Why not? Because I don't think, he, I can't what do it. What did I offer you anyway? Was Alan Robinson, wasn't it? No, it wasn't that good. Uh, I did that to Joe and you didn't take it. No, I'm not surprised. It was a shocker. You offered me a wide receiver that's not Marvin Jones. No, it wasn't. I probably would have taken that. It was bad, Murph. Trust me, it was uh, bad. I'm going to have to go and look at what it was. I don't think it was bad. I bet you could get Le'Veon Bell for like DJ Shark and a and a halfway decent RB2. I bet you could pull that off. I've been trying to buy all day. It's not been it's not been a happy hunting ground so far. It's tough sledding out there. Well, yeah. now that he's stuck there and God forbid he pops off and says something, you know, really stupid <laughs> because he's bad. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. Wait. You know, just when you think the Jets can't get any worse or the things can't get worse, it's going to – it gets worse. That's the, the beauty of uh, living in this area and not being a Jets fan. <laughs> it, it, it can still get more jetsy right <laughs> it, it can always the same old jets that's the sol that's the slogan around here same old say soj rather same old jets same old jets every year <laughs> so joe let's finish it off with one spicy hot fantasy take between now and the end of the season the floor is yours oh spicy hot fantasy take all right i'll give you one the browns all of a sudden uh they, they become the like the browns people expected how about that you know, you had Kareem Hunt to this offense where Chubb's already playing out of his mind. You don't have to play the 49ers 
You don't have to play the Patriots. I mean, how, how much did it suck to be the Browns, right? Where you have that week off after getting your butt handed to you on national television by the freaking 49ers, right? And then you're like, okay, let's refocus. And, oh, who we got? Oh, the Patriots in New England. Ugh. But you look at the rest of the schedule, I'm telling you, it really maps out pretty well for them. I think the Browns and Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham turned around. So that's my hot take rest of the season there. And I'm going to stick with my original hot take of the season, which is the Colts without Andrew Luck are still going to be a playoff team. And so far that's looking, I think, pretty decent too. Brissett's played pretty well. Yeah, I don't hate either of those. Although the, the Browns is pretty spicy. because It's a little spicy because they're an awful. I mean, awful. Have you found, <laughs> have you found it, Murph? No, no. Let's let's not dive into that. It was terrible. We won't. Fine. I've just fired you over two offers. Oh, I'm not doing it live. I'm not doing it live. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Here we go. Last year. What do you mean the pressure of last year? When you traded me James Conner. Yeah, but that that was. Oh, I traded you with Robert Woods. Robert Woods for that bell you declined. Yeah, Don't no, give me that. It was a crap trade. No, I tell you why because I've got Robert Woods in a few places and he has absolutely murdered me and I don't need any more yeah. of that. Brandon Cooks is out injured yeah, with, a, got, with a concussion. I've got cuff as well. I, I don't listen. It wasn't for me. It was not for I've me. Made you, I've made you other offers. I, I will observe these on the way home. Good. Joe, this has been an absolute pleasure. Why don't you let Five Yard Rush once again know where they can find you all over the web? Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys because uh, we spent a lot of time in the off season chatting, and we sold a fair amount of books in the UK. So I want to thank you all from the, all the UK people over there buying the Black Book. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll be back at it again next year for sure. It's uh, going to have an all-star lineup as usual. And uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine at JoePizzaPS17. Black Book Podcast is out there on iTunes and Stitcher and everywhere you can buy Radio, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. I'm also on right now four days a week on FNTSY Radio. Craig Mish and I do the midday show there, FST, Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, on Sunday, I host on Zumo TV, SportsGrid.com, and YouTube. We host the um, DFS Today show at 8 a.m., our time over here, uh, East Coast time, and then 9 o'clock. It's just me at the desk, John Oliver style, for Roto Experts in the morning, which is fun. That's like my ego trip where I get the desk all to myself, wow. and I kind of just rant and rave and kind of, you know, be an idiot, which is fun. But, you know, some good football knowledge here, too. That's so good. And you're also riding the uh, baseball fantasy black book. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm actually I'm knee-deep in the baseball. So if you guys like the baseball – we got the baseball black books already in progress. That'll be out January 1. So, uh, yes, I'm already writing baseball for next year, if you can believe it. January 1st, hopefully, again, that's when we try to come out. So it uh, never stops. That's the cycle. And that's why I'm, I'm not adding a third sport. I'm, led, I'm starting to outsource that. We outsourced hockey this year to my boy Chris Meany. Bogman's going to take over basketball next year. So we're going to have four sports, and next year will be the 10th anniversary of the black book, the first one. So I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Ten years. Unbelievable. Is the baseball gonna? Is the baseball version gonna have a forward from the Bud Light guy who caught the ball with no hands? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm gonna really see if I can get those two girls from the front row instead. I think I'll sell more books that way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that that guy's been given tickets to Game Six in? Because uh, <laughs> awesome. he made they worked out that the play that he's got from that um, Bud Light basically got seven million dollars in free advertising. Wow. Good for him. Good for him. That's nice. It's nice when nice things happen to uh, people who get hit in the chest, but I still want to, I still want to see those. I'd rather have those two girls talking the book. I think that's oh, yeah. definitely much better advertising. I'm sure I can't afford them, but whatever, you know, well, I don't know. 
No, no, no. That's my goal in life. I want to be a social media influencer with my, you know, when you ask little kids what they want to be when they grow up, I want to be an Instagram influencer. What the hell is the, like, that's a career. That's what you can do the rest of your life. Way to go. But then again, I work in fantasy sports, so go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, man, we really appreciate your time. We know you're busy in the season. Hope you'll come back soon. Always, anytime. Love you guys. Love the show. And uh, congrats. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, buddy. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. Joe, we'll talk real soon. Murph, I will catch you next week. And I will leave you with this, Rush Nation. The Patriots DST so far this season has more touchdowns than OBJ, Julio Jones, Hopkins, Fournette, Kamara, Le'Veon Bell, Mike Thomas, Travis Kelsey, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Juju Smith-Schuster. If, like Joe, you pick them up, you're probably winning. Enjoy your football this weekend. I know I'm going to. I'm going to be at Wembley. If you're there, hit us up on Twitter. See if we can catch up for the beers. I'll be at home. Murph will be at home. You'll be there in spirit, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the joys of having a Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. But you were there last year, so you understand. Yeah, I, I'm completely there. I, I missed all last year, so I'm, I'm just jumping on again. But as well, until next week, Rush Nation, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.